When people come against you, you got to pray for them. And when they come against you, don't try immediately to defend yourself. If it's really a lie they're talking about your lies, then why would you want to defend yourself? You just let those people continue to speak and to talk, and eventually they're going to see that everything they're saying about you or they said about me, it's a lie fully and completely, and they will stop. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's great to have you with us today for our continuing series in the book of Acts. As Raul reflects on the Apostle Paul's unshakable response to the hostility he encountered for his faith, you'll see how God can sustain you when you experience opposition to the gospel. Stay with us for assurance that the Lord is with you when you stand for Him, and He'll equip you to boldly testify of His salvation. With today's study, here's Raul Reese. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 25. We'll see in this chapter, in the next three different situations here of uh, which Paul is facing in his own personal life. You know, it's incredible when you face things in your life, especially being in the ministry over the years, things that, uh, that we have faced here at Calvary Chapel. And personally that I face, my wife and I have faced in our own personal lives. And many times, you know, we don't really know how to handle the situation because maybe we haven't spent time praying or bringing those things to the Lord and waiting upon God to work in our life, through our life, in those situations. I think that's really important. So maybe tonight you're facing something in your life, you're going through some valley tonight, but no one thing that is always with us, He never ever leaves us, He's with you because He loves you fully and completely. I thought about Paul. You know, Paul had been through so much. You know, he really got saved. He really was used by God, and he really loved people. When you finish the book of Romans and you look at the 16th chapter, man, you start reading, and there's all these names that he uses and speaks about them and prays for them. All the people he came in contact with, they were a blessing to him, and he was a blessing to them. And I think that's something that all of us need to understand that one day we're going to be gone. And who has your life touched while you were here on this earth? Who is touching your life? And who is going to not only touch your life, but how are you going to receive that person that has been touching your life and praying for them, being with them, and then using their lives to bring glory and honor to the Lordship of Jesus Christ because you see Christ in their life fully, completely. Paul has been asking because they want to, uh, there's 40 guys that want to not only come against him, they want to kill him, but because they're Jews, they can't do that. So they're going to the Romans and asking Paul to be tried by the Roman government and then for Paul to be actually killed by the Romans. But Paul the Apostle stands his ground. He uses the opportunity of being in the presence of these people to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love that. 
What kind of an opportunity has God given to you or given to me where you can share your full faith of Christ to these people that are not only coming against you or even being for you? This is now the new government. The old government, Felix, already has been removed because of his life that he lived, a very corrupt life. So now Festus is brought in as the new governor. So he starts in verse 1. And now when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from there to Caesarea, from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Now, Caesarea was a Roman capital. Those of you that have been with us to Israel, Caesarea is part of a beautiful place. From Tel Aviv, we'll drive out maybe an hour to Caesarea. We'll spend some time there. There's a theater that was uncovered where they used to have their concerts and where these uh, meetings would be held, where today they still have concerts there on top of this platform they built, and then you sit and you watch and you hear. But this is also where one of the emperors that thought he was really something in his own personal life, as you read in the book of Acts. And as he was sharing how great he was, he actually went ahead and uh, the Lord came along. And because he was standing and bragging about himself, he says, all of a sudden, these worms begin to eat him and he can't consume in front of all these people to show the people that you can't brag about yourself. You have to be careful with yourself. And here in verse 1, assuming his new position... He travels, notice, to the principal city that he will be watching over. He's going to be watching over the city of Jerusalem now. And so he wants to go to Jerusalem in his new appointed job. Verse 2. And then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews inform him against Paul and they petition him. Now Ananias high priest has died now and he's been replaced. And here when he talks about this whole situation, the high priest and the chief men, these were the high priests that hated Paul, and they wanted Paul to be dead, and they're still after him. They want to see him dead. They want Rome to put him to death. Then he says, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay an ambush along the road to kill Paul. So they were asking if this new governor would take Paul all the way to Jerusalem and on his way to Jerusalem, they would set up some guys to stand there. And as they would set up an ambush, they would kill Paul. And then there would be all over the place. And then Paul would be done. And they wouldn't have to worry about anything else. Paul brought trouble to the community because of Jesus Christ sharing his faith with so many people. They wanted the message to stop. And these 40 men knew Paul the Apostle. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was in the Sanhedrin. And at the same time, they rejected him and they came to a place of hatefulness. They hated Paul the Apostle for the influence that he had and what he was doing to the communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, he says, But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea, and that he himself was going there surely. He recognized they wanted to kill him, and he said, no, we're going to keep Paul in Caesarea, and I'm going to go by myself so they don't sit up in ambush and kill Paul. Verse 5, and therefore, he says, therefore, he said, let those who have authority among you 
Go down with me, Festus, and accuse his men to see if there's any fault in him. Okay, let's go ahead and come with me and let's accuse Paul and see if those things that you're accusing him of that are real. Are they really real? Is it true in what you're accusing him of so that we can try Paul the apostle? And then he says this, verse 6. And when he had remained among them more than 10 days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, the bima seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. So the trial before the local Roman government here, men had lied. They made false accusations against God's servant Paul. And now they want to try him. Verse 7, he says, And when he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem, they stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. There was no proof to the things they were saying about Paul the apostle. Falsely being accused. But you know what? Paul never defended himself. Never. When people come against you, you got to pray for them. And when they come against you, don't try immediately to defend yourself. If it's really a lie they're talking about your lies, then why would you want to defend yourself? You just let those people continue to speak and to talk, and eventually they're going to see that everything they're saying about you or they said about me, it's a lie fully and completely, and they will stop. And Paul just blows my mind out. He sits there. He hears all these things. He knows they want to kill him, but yet he himself will not defend himself. He allows God to defend him fully and completely. In verse 7, he says again, he says, when he had come to the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem, stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. And he answered Paul's defense now for himself. He said, neither against the law, of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in anything at all. Notice what he says. You guys, I am blameless. I don't know where you're hearing these things. That I've come against the law of the Jews. That I've come against the temple. When I've worshipped in the temple. And again, Caesar, look at you arrest me, you want to kill me, and I am coming, I'm saying, hey, listen, I want to be judged, but I want to go and be judged by Caesar. Because he knew these people were unfair. And they wanted to kill him for something he had never done in his life. And they wanted to put him to death. And I love the way he does that. Verse 9, he says, but Festus wanting to do the Jews a favor answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me according to these things? And if I was Paul, I would have said, Are you kidding me? I just told you that these people hate me and you want me to go to Jerusalem and stand before these people and you expect them to forgive me? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, our goal is to help you walk in God's perfect plan for your life as you ground yourself in His Word. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 for biblical resources, including Raul's faith-building study of the Holy Spirit. Now, back to more of today's lesson. And then he says in verse 10, So Paul said, 
I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. Notice, not with the Jews, but I ought to be judged. He says, the Jews, I have done no wrong, as you very well know. He says, you guys, you know that I didn't do nothing against the Jews. Why are you trying to make me feel guilty and to stand in judgment for something that I never did? Paul's right up front. He's not making excuses. He's saying, not guilty. I never said those things. I never did those things. Those people hate me, and they want me dead. And then in verse 11, he says, for if I am an offender... Or have committed anything deserving of death. Notice this. And when he uses the word if here, if this is true, go ahead and kill me. For if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. Hey, I don't mind dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them, I appeal to Caesar. I'll go to Rome. Remember, Paul was a Roman citizen, and he was not guilty, and he was not willing to die at the hands of the Jews, which were making up lies to bring him to death. Paul stood right up to them. And then he says in 12, notice here, always God's timing, not our own. And so Festus, when he had conferred with the council, he answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Isn't that cool? God answered his prayer. You want to go to Caesar? Then we're going to go to Caesar. His request was honored at this particular moment. Two years after his request, now it comes to an end. Okay, Paul, for two years, now we're going to send you to Caesar. And then he says in verse 13 here, he goes on, and after some days, King Agrippa, He's the second. He says, and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. So the new governor now is seeking counsel of the king Agrippa. He goes on, he says, when they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, there is a certain man left a prisoner by Felix. So here we begin to see that here is Paul not defending himself, waiting in Ephesus. He's talking about Paul's case before the king, saying there is a certain man left in his prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me when I was in Jerusalem asking for a judgment against him, and that is Paul the apostles. The Jews requested for a Jewish trial, and yet Festus ruling as a civil trial. They couldn't have a Jewish trial, but a civil trial. We can have a civil trial if you want to have that, but they wouldn't do that. Verse 16. And to them, I answer, it is not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. You know, Paul had the right to give the side of his story. Look, if you're going to try me, you're going to kill me, then let me give you my side of my story. You've heard all these people talk about me, but what about me? I want to let you know exactly my story, and I'm going to give it to you straight. Verse 17, therefore, because of this, when they had come together without any delay, the Jews, they were against him. 
The next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man Paul to be brought in. And when the accuser stood up, they brought no accusation against him of such things as I supposed. They had nothing against Paul. They hated Paul because what? Because he became a Christian. Because he became a Christian. Hey, how many people have hated you because you became a Christian? Man, that was the first thing I learned as a Christian. My mom and dad hated me. My brother hated me. My sister hated me. My friends had nothing to do with me. And then I thought, wow, Lord, what's going to happen to these people that hate me? And as I began to grow in the Lord and begin to share the gospel and begin to read the scriptures, I began to learn that all I had to do is begin to pray and to pray and to wait on the Lord. I had this notebook that I took for myself and I wrote down each person's name that I wanted to be saved. Dale's name was in there. Joseph Elias' name was in there. And as I wrote those names down, every evening I would pray for these guys and I would pray for my family. And you know what's so awesome? Every one of those names, one by one, came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Many of them fellowship here at Calvary Chapel on Sunday mornings. Guys that we grew up with, they came to know Christ. And you see, people are watching your life. And a lot of people have been turned off to Christ because of people call themselves Christians, but they don't live like Christ Jesus. And we need to live like Christ. Look what he's done for you. Look what he's done for me. He went to the cross. They nailed him to that cross. He died on that cross. He resurrected on the third day so that he can not only prove himself to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, but through that resurrection, think of what happened. The day of Pentecost, all these people got saved. And from that day of Pentecost all the way to the present time, think of the millions and billions of people that have been saved because of Jesus Christ. Becoming our Lord, becoming our Savior. Paul had the right to give his side to the story that he not only had heard, but now his own personal story. And then he says in 19, but had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. So this is again in Acts chapter 9, what Paul's going to do, he's going to give his story. Remember in chapter 9, when he was on his way to Damascus, he's on his way, the Lord appeared to him, knocked him off his horse on the ground, and then began to share with him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then God dealt with Paul, he got saved, and then Paul the apostle became one of the greatest apostles in the kingdom of God. And I really believe he continues to be, as you read his epistles. Incredible the way he wrote those epistles. Verse 20. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I, Paul, asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there to be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, Caesar Augustus or Caesar Nero, I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. So the appeal to Caesar, he says, is going to be granted. And then he says, then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself tomorrow. He said, you shall hear him. He says, you're talking about this man that the Jews are accusing him. And you say that he's not guilty. So why don't I hear him myself and see what he has to say? I love this. Verse 23. So the next day, 
When Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp, and great pomp here means their arrival and their possession of a king. You know, they're coming in with great honor. And come with great pomp, and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at Festus' command, notice Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa, and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. Listen, they want him to be put to death. Again, notice what they're saying about him. Verse 25, but when I found, this is Festus, when I found that he had committed nothing disturbing of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him to Augustus. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out, he says, before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. Festus is still at a loss on how to present Paul the Apostle to Caesar Nero. How do I present Paul to Caesar Nero? If I don't find him guilty, how can I take him to Caesar Nero and say, this is a man that you need to try because he's never killed anybody? I mean, these people are pressing charges, but the charges he believes are not real, that they're phony. And yet he says, verse 27, for it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner not specify of the charges against him. He says, you have a problem because I don't think this man is guilty. Chapter 26, verse 1 through 11. Paul again, this is a third time. He's pre-conversion life. He starts out. And then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourselves. Okay, Paul, I'm going to give you the freedom to speak however you want to speak. Tell me your side of the story. I love that. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself, Paul, happy King Agrippa. Notice he's paying honor to him. Because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. He says, I stand here and I want to tell you the side of my story and I want to let you know that I am not guilty. Listen to what I have to say to you. Verse 3. Especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. You know the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. Now, be patient. He says, verse 4. My manner of life from my youth, when I was a kid, which spent... From the beginning among our own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They know me. I lived there. I was born. He says, and they knew me from the first. Not a very strict life he had. If they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, the Pharisees, I live as a Pharisee. Now notice what he's saying. He says, look, These Pharisees, which the council was 72 Pharisees, which were the high council, 
and they had to be married in order to be in the council. Paul the apostle was one of them, of the Pharisees in the council, but he had no wife. So they say that his wife could have died or his wife could have left him because he became a Christian. Well, for many of us, the thought of facing open, hostile rejection for our faith is enough to make us stay quiet and never share our hope in Christ. But as we've seen today, God can empower us as His witnesses. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapters 25 and 26. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Now, to further boost your confidence in standing for the Lord, we'd like to tell you about Rawls' four-message study of the Holy Spirit. Available on either CD or a thumb drive, this series outlines the Lord's provision of comfort, wisdom, and protection through the power of His own Spirit. To order Rawls' motivational study, connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com or give us a call at 800-634-9165. And we'll send your four-message Holy Spirit series on a USB drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. Our number, once again, is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We'd like to thank you for your partnership. Every contribution you make helps us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Join us next time for more encouragement from the book of Acts. We'll see that just as Paul trusted God's plan in the midst of a violent storm on the open sea, we can experience the Lord's peace in every one of our own trials. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.